0: Good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this week? Happy Tuesday.
1: Happy Tuesday.
0: I was about to say that, and I'm like, wait a minute. Is it
2: Thursday? Is it Tuesday? No. (laughs) No. Already one of those weeks. It is circled around to Tuesday again. Tommy's favorite day of the week because it's the first day of the podcast after a four-day weekend.
1: I know. You know, we're going to a four day podcast, uh, four day a week (laughs) soon enough. It's coming. You're right. You're right.
2: Because right now I can't tell that it's Tuesday. So we should
1: add (laughs) (laughs) more. Yeah. We'll do a weekend live or something like podcast after dark.
0: Oh, boy. There you go. Talk about all the seedy things about Power BI.
1: (laughs) Well, happy November. We got Microsoft Ignite coming up.
0: Yeah, big event this week. There's a lot of announcements coming through. Um, I think it's going to be a quite. There's some. I think there's going to be some really good announcements. I think there's some. Uh, Microsoft's really pushing hard on new features, new things. So this is always an exciting event. I'm actually able to have the opportunity to speak at the event. Um, I've never done speaking in alt space VR. I don't know if everyone's following the whole news thing, but mm-hmm. every every mega tech company is coming out with this virtual space thing seems like everyone's got some version of this. So Facebook just announced that they're doing a rebranding of themselves. They're doing like the, they're now, they're now meta, I guess. That's their new company name. And so they're coming with a, with a virtual space, Microsoft, I believe acquired Alt space VR a while ago and it was acquired company. And now they're trying to do part of ignite in VR. So I'll be one of the subject matter experts for power BI. I think it's on Wednesday around noon. Um, so one of my sessions will be there. I think it's a, three, a free event for anyone to sign up. So you just have to sign yeah. up and, and, you know, anyone can go. But if you have time or if you want to listen to some of the upcoming events or things that Microsoft will be doing, I'd kind of recommend it.
1: So if it's just a round table and it, it's this <sighs> virtual reality, I have to ask, can I, like, look around and see mm-hmm. who's talking?
0: Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, imagine, I mean,
1: it, I'm going to relate topic. things
0: to, uh, I guess, people of our, our age and, and area, right? When I played Halo, I was running around and there was like characters on the screen. It was a first person shooter and it, there's no guns in this thing. However, it's very similar where there's like <laughs>
1: Microsoft does Game own on. Xbox. So.
0: Microsoft does own Xbox. So, you know, but it is, it is like a virtual space. You have like this room that you can hang out in and there are, there's like an area where you can go get uh, uh, selfies or you can take photos of stuff. There's different rooms you can kind of hop to between, like, your topics that you're interested in or not. Um, it's It was actually, so in the training for it, it was actually quite engaging. Guys, they were like, here's the, here's the training thing. And then I was like, this is interesting. So then I went into, like, a bunch of rando uh, alt space areas, learned about crypto for, like, an hour, and then learned about, um, uh, went to another one where creators, like, creating your own virtual spaces, like, how do you actually create spaces and stuff like that. There's a lot of interesting people out there building really cool stuff. So it was a lot of fun. I was kind of, I'm now kind of like anxious to get back in and play around with it a little bit more. It's it's a neat experience. I was on 2D, I didn't have a, these are are meant for virtual reality. So if you have like an Oculus or some kind of virtual headset, you're supposed to, you can use them. Uh, You can download the app for that. But in my case, I'm just on the PC. So I just have like a screen up on my, my computer and then I can just walk around and do things in there. So it's been fun. It's been interesting. So uh, sure.
2: next time, links links below to equipment that's thousands of dollars, Mike, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can equate that to speaking, right? Yes, exactly. We're living to do a business it's expense. A, it's a business expense now.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So if I stand in front of you tomorrow, will you know? Like, if I just walk, can I move and then just go in yep. front of my car?
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it feels if aside from going to an actual event it probably feels like the of the events that i've attended right you go to these virtual events and they have like you know screens and you kind of click into rooms and stuff like that this is way more virtual than that i mean there's i mean the one i went to for uh some gentleman was talking about cryptocurrency which was a lot of fun um there was literally a central room where he had a presentation going and he was just talking to it and and speaking to like here's the here's the coins that i'm i'm working on here's how to get this thing here's how to buy crypto here here's how to get a wallet started he was kind of going through things, and then they had, like, tu- like not tunnels, but, like, hallways. You'd walk down a hallway, and they'd have things about, you know, stuff you could read on the hallway. And then you'd go into another room, and there could be another person presenting in a different room. It felt like a conference kind of thing. It was it was very interesting. So I've never played Second Life. It feels like, I guess it would be maybe something similar to what that would be like, I guess. I don't know. It's It was fun. I, I totally enjoyed it. it was, it'll was it be a, an interesting uh, exercise. Maybe I'll be sure more time there.
1: I think we should do a, a Power BI tips, Power BI Desktop world. Like if you follow us to the data connectors, watch out! Whoa, there's a perimeter, <laughs> <laughs> the dungeon. <laughs> walk
0: down, walk down this really long series of steps into this dungeon yeah, thing, and we're going to teach you about that.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's make, a, make, oh.
0: make challenges, game challenges in order
2: to publish the PBIs. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: But there's there, there's actually other rooms where you can go into. They actually have like games and things. So you can you can actually interact with objects in these spaces. I guess so you can pick up like cups and you can act like you're holding a drink. And if you have the VR headset, they give you little hand things, right? Things you put in your hands and you can like and yeah. as you move your hands around, the character kind of matches your hands. I'm on a PC, so my hands just stayed straight by my sides. So you can tell right away who's on a PC and who's in a VR headset based on if their hands move. But if you move, nod your head, your head will nod. You can like it's it's pretty yeah, interesting we could,
2: we could get we could get good with this right so you could yeah. do like yeah. the squid games like jump in the bridge thing and if you fall through you lose all your day
0: work <laughs> all, all your pbi x's you know? are deleted yeah. yeah
2: yeah or you successfully <sighs> published now that that'd be
0: there you go I, cool. I gotta be honest i have not watched squid games Never the went, only it's... reason
2: i did is i fell ill one day over the weekend and i just binge watch the whole, the whole thing. thing yeah <laughs> like it never happens right I'm just so so down and out We're like when do you when do you get to watch a lot of videos when i'm when i'm ill so ill <laughs> i can't get off the couch yeah. when i'm horribly <laughs> ill oh, my yeah, word. that's
0: the only reason i caught up on it that's funny excellent so let's uh let's jump in today's speaking of challenges <laughs> speaking of challenges <laughs> it's a good lead-in uh, we're, what we're... a
1: segue we planned that
0: we're jumping into more talk around governance. This has been a, a interesting topic for us. I think in many organizations, I mean, Power BI just maybe got turned on or it's around, but this whole topic of how how do we roll this out? What does this look like? I think this new Power BI medium is a new space. I mean, it's it's an area where, you know, we typically had Excel before. It was kind of an unself- ungoverned, kind of just do data things on your own. Now we're bringing this more, an area of Power BI that's could potentially be more governed. So we're gonna talk through just challenges, Challenges with people and process, and you know just Power BI deployments in general. So, Tommy, frame us out here. We're kind of what is, what's the topic for today with these challenges? Let's let's frame the conversation.
1: Yeah. So this is part three of our series on governance, and this is all based on one article on the Power BI adoption roadmap. Uh, we've talked about kind of like what is governance really like, understand the terminology of how it's related to uh, data culture. What are objectives that you'd want for your governance program? Uh, part two, we talked about the strategy and basically all of the things that would go into how do you staff a data governance program, what we thought from uh, where do you start. Today, we're kind of talking about the, in a sense, welcome, welcome back to earth or uh, welcome to life, so to speak, where you can have your great vision, you can have a great strategy in place or in mind, but there are going to be challenges that you face. And it's unfortunately because you have to deal with people. Uh, uh with with a lot of the things that we do you know we can have not necessarily limited contact with people but this is one of those part this is one of those uh efforts or projects that we are going to be relying on people in our organization this is not something that can exist by the BI team or BI author alone mm-hmm. with that in mind it's part culture if you have a good culture with people buy in uh w- do you have people who actually want to be a part of it and will be accepting of things to change? And honestly, can you prove the value of putting resources and, and uh, staffing around a data governance program? So in the article, there's a section called governance challenges. And what Melissa did, does is basically outlines what you'd want to do in terms of you know starting off. And she says, identify your organization's challenges Hmm. and she kind of breaks it down to strategy people process data quality and skills and data literacy and uh i really love this because as i was looking through this there were some that stood out to me more than others where i i saw i was like if you don't have this in check or if this is one of your challenges now that better be the first thing you're working on Mm -hmm. and the other part i thought too is man, like, how do you go over the hump with some of these challenges? Some of the challenges you talked about is basically with people is, you know, lack of care, clear accountability roles and responsibilities. We talked about this uh, before staffing, but how do you get people to have a a decision-making criteria where you say, hey, this person or this board gets to make these decisions and this person doesn't? Mm -hmm. And then also too, uh, getting people to actually say yeah there is a value in this and we will adopt it and to me that's kind of what i highlighted but what i wanted to ask you is or kind of focus on first is these challenge sections um did anything stand out to you guys as you read it or as you went through it because this is obviously obviously still in the beginning phase of your building your governance program
0: I think a lot, I feel like a lot of these challenges, I mean, let's, let's just read some of these out, but maybe just go high level. You know, what, what are the challenges we're talking about? There's strategy, people, process, and data quality. Strategies are things like lack of cohesive data, lack of executive support, insufficient adoption, people challenges might be lack of aligned priorities between departments, lack of identified champions, lack of awareness around best practices for self-service BI. I, I think that's one I see a lot of the time. There's mm-hmm. just not, there's not an awareness. Like people just don't know what they don't know. They just build what they think is right. And, you know, whatever Stack Overflow tells them, or a couple articles that they've read online, that's how we build reports. And I mean, there's, for people who've been in this space a little bit longer, it, it there's, you know, patterns you might want to follow. Um, also with people challenges, with resistance to following new, new guidelines, new governance, um, duplicate efforts, same data, same across different business units, lack of clear accountability. For process challenges, we're talking about clearly define a process, lack of standardization, insufficient ability to communicate your lessons learned. Oh, tell me about that. One's a, that was a good one for me, a retro on when you build a report, how many people actually do that and try to learn, take what they've learned and, and put it somewhere where people can use that. Um, the last one here, actually there's even more here. There's data quality, sprawl of data reports, lack of trust in data, inconsistent reports. The value of data is not is too difficult or it's too hard to use the reports. Fragmented or siloed or duplicate data sets. And then your skills and data let- literacy challenges, varying skills to interpret graphs and visuals and you know, varying technical skills and skill gaps between your organization people. So let me just say this. It's, this is kind of a, a broad summary of what's going on in all these different challenges areas. I would say this. I think you're going to run into some of these challenges, if not all these challenges, as you start working on governance areas, I think our larger organizations who already have a governance board or a strong governance team to lead this have already addressed these, this is not specific to Power BI. This is just a general data Mm -hmm. challenge. I think in general, this is a, if your team's large enough, you probably already seen a lot of this stuff and have practices around it. So you could kind of use it. So that's, I'm giving my opinion here is there's probably, and there's for me, there's a couple things here that really stick out to me. I think some of these are. And from my experiences, people challenges has been, you know, showing people there's a better way has been a hard thing to communicate and just takes a little bit of time for people to kind of like, oh my gosh, this is, we could do this. This is much easier. If I learn, learn a lot of, I hear a lot of times I'm too busy, I'm too busy to learn the next thing. And I'm like, oh, it that grates me because we're just shooting ourselves in the foot by not trying to improve when we do that. Sorry, I've said a lot of words, but I'll, I'll pause.
2: Good points. I, I think it ripped through the entire article in fifteen <laughs> minutes. In we're all done. Right. All right, let's no, go, uh, go <laughs> back, back to work. <laughs> I, I think I think to I think what, what's going to happen is we'll we'll go through these things a little bit slower, but good synopsis of you know all the all the different areas that that we're gonna we're gonna chug through, um, and m- you know me mostly I like to slow down. So, I'm gonna get stuck on the first thing, <laughs> yeah, which which is strategy challenges, right? And I think this is kind of glossed over, but could be one of the biggest ones to even get started um related to the, you know, does does the power bi adoption roadmap and this governance strategy and what we're trying to do align with the business strategy? And that's a huge one because mm-hmm. if I think about, you know the the life cycle or the stages of a business, right? Like you have you've launched like very very rudimentary, very startup, um, rapid growth, mm-hmm. a a transition period where that rapid growth starts to you know sh- you know shake out or or morph into what needs to be a a more mature company. Right. Where you're standardizing a lot more than you would in the rapid growth, um, creating a lot more process for uh, continued sustainability and and growth for the company. But there's a, a, the focus changes from like, I think, very rapid sales to reach a a point at where you're, you may be sacrificing internal company strategy mm-hmm. and then you start to you know either decline or. know have people that are going to continually innovate and start that cycle over again to to some degree and i think where like for me the biggest challenge is going to be if you're in that very beginning framework like it's not it's very likely you're not going to get the support for a a lot of this type of activity which is much more aligned with a mature company i think or Mm -hmm maybe a shakeout where you tr- you're trying to standardize on a lot of internal focused things because not everything is so external focused how do we make money are you know everything that you're doing is that towards the bottom line or does it fall into you know some particular area um to to make sure that everybody's aligned for that meteoric you know drive to to increase the, the size of the company and i think where that curve starts to happen is where you'll have a lot more success in trying to implement something like this that is, is absolutely required for a company to sustain itself, because otherwise uh, you're gonna kind of, and it, and it kind of aligns with the second point in here, which is the maturity, right? Your maturity mm-hmm. in that that Power BI curve or BI or whatever, also ironically not probably way not ironically aligns with kind of this this is is does is are there only a few people that know things right Mm -hmm. single source of truth like full breakdown or are you do you have process do you have documentation do you have like and i see a lot of corollaries between you know kind of like a stages of a company and that maturity level and both those are literally deal breakers i think Mm -hmm. in trying to roll out because to the third bullet that's in there, you're not going to get executive leadership or, you know, sponsorship right. or support for something that's a very heavy process, internal, you know, lo- sustaining task that is going to require resources, time, et cetera. Um, it, as opposed to, you know, maybe a, a, a mix, right. Of yes, we support these efforts. Yes. You know, we want a data culture, but we're not gonna we're not gonna whole wholly invest in it yet. And that's where I think this first bullet is is absolutely, you know, a a big one for, for those reasons.
1: I think you're spot on because I, I've been thinking about this over and over and reading this, and it's going in parallel with some efforts that uh I'm trying to do myself, but just because all of this, even though we know the the you know what the quality and the business value would be, to go to an organization and say look we're gonna need a data council board at we're gonna need a data champions team we're gonna need an operations unit we're gonna need someone from each member of uh, each department and they have to meet and they have to figure this stuff out together over time that's a lot of resources oh and there's gonna be a lot of documentation to do try to sell that to what that is going to do. I think it's very hard to to kind of write down unless you know your pain points. The other part, too, is as I was going through these challenges, I kind of realized like you could be someone at a company who is hell bent on getting a, a governance program started. And let's say you even have someone on the executive level that at least has your support. You can do this on your own. You, there's no way you could write all the documentation you could put together a roadmap you could put together the vision you could say hey here's week two this is what we're going to do second meeting this is what we plan to do but unless over time you have communicate with you know again who's going to be on this border figuring out first who's going to be part of this um, you're not going to get anywhere like you have to identify people on different departments who one understand the value of it so you have to sell them on that and then two are going to work together with other people from the organization on what one not just figuring things out but what the priorities are and why that's valuable and i got so many and, and that's difficult
0: these are these are good points i think it also i think what you guys are saying though i feel like we're taking this approach of a larger corporation mm-hmm. a company that has a lot of people that are i mean there's maybe a lot of different departments that are that we're talking to i think this I think this is, becomes more challenging when you have a thinner group of individuals that are not, you know, you're looking at intra department, right? One department only where there's not as many resources. And I think, I think there's still the same number of hats. I think you just have less people wearing or, or more, less people wearing more hats at once, kind of in those smaller organizations, because I mean, we talk with people from our user group, they're like the BI lead at, for their entire company, That's, yeah. it, it, the, the the buck stops at them. And everyone else is more of like operations kind of things, right? There's only a couple, like there's a handful, one, two, or three people around the BI side of things. So I think, I don't know, I just I always err on the side of like <clears throat> it's nice to have all those things, and I think we should strive to those things. But if you're like a large organization that has many departments and lots of additional management across those things, I think you can incorporate a lot of people and ask for a large budget for those things. But I also think we have to be mindful of these smaller organizations that just don't have the people, and it's more around you know, leading by example and to both Seth and Tommy's point here, right? How do we, how do we get the executive support? How do we define data as our strategic asset? I think it really starts with some of these very small proof of concept type ideas, Mm -hmm. jumping in, building something that seems to be adding some value, refining the idea, and then using that as a, as a, as a launch point for other things that you do around Power BI. So I,
2: it's a good point right there what what the power what power bi adoption and and framework and strategy of implementing you know better you better bi in your company using Mm -hmm. power bi Mm -hmm. is going to look differently in in different size orgs i i do think though that the same type of challenges is faced right whether you're the single bi guy if if your small company isn't in a rapid growth cycle and they want to start building sustainable things across you know multiple people individuals you know units etc like they'll find time in your schedule to devote to that task agreed if that is if that is not something that they're interested in then they won't support that i mean you certainly i guess have the option of like hey boss i'll do it on my free time and my (laughs) 60 to 80 hour work week but uh, ultimately i think those same types of things live there um the other the other point though that i think i struggle with a little bit is I'm all for uh, incremental rollout. But at like to the point here in this first strategy challenge is while it talks about the maturity level being an area of conflict, it's also insufficient adoption planning. And I think a lot of our conversations have been around the point of which, and it revolves around this governance article, which is why we spent, I think, three podcasts on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is... It is really regardless of the size of the organization, whoever is driving the adoption, mm-hmm. whether it's a single person or a team, right? Like having what we talked about in, you know, a previous episode, though that bubble chart, that strategy of like how it's gonna work, like what is what is the framework, and then and then you can pick and choose how you want to slice and dice and implement it. But the the overall strategy should be in place at least on a theoretical level, while mm-hmm. you roll it out in the organization, or maybe it's, um, you know, rolling it out to slices of the organization for a big one. And in a small one, it's okay, we're going to adopt, you know, this practice. But as we grow, there's a framework for other people to follow. And that's the value there, right? So so your challenges might be
0: different, but like that, that overall framework absolutely has to be part of that. Every time I look at these bullet points or we go through something like this, I'm thinking to myself, I want to answer the question. These to me, to me, these are all like ah, these are the these are the things to look for. Like these are potential challenges you're coming to. And I always feel like I walk through these bullet lists and be like, How are what are things I can do right now that potentially will help resolve these? And so like you talk about strategic things, like there's a lack of coherence governance, there's lack of executive support, there's insufficient adoption planning. And I keep thinking to my mind, okay. So these are the potential challenges I'm gonna walk into. What is the thing that I do to resolve some of that? I, I think my answer for strategic challenges would be is do a proof of concept, make sure you're you know talking to the right people at the executive level, at least communicating to them what your plan or strategy or how you think this could benefit the organization. Cause someone's gotta make a decision at some point, say we're gonna support this. And then how do you have a governance data strategy? Go to Melissa Coates' training, data coach training. I think that's a really good way of at least getting a picture of what organizations should be doing for data governance. Go get some solid training on this. Look, look up. Go research some stuff. Get some, you know, help at that level. I think you know that's those are the kind of the three areas I would say. How do we solve some of these initial st- strategic challenges? What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, as you were talking, I I keep thinking if someone in our position or our role at a company we could work a hundred hours extra towards governance, but we would only get so far because again, we need other people's approval and decisions. Like if you were to set, I want to focus on what Seth was talking about where the incremental rollout where you do a subset of the organization that risk compared to like organization-wide, like that's where you start. I would actually err on the side of doing that proof of concept or doing like a Call it a beta test or like a a preview test with a department that you know you already have support or like a a department that already has a good culture that yep. ar- would understand already to Agreed. show here's what the here's what the structure of the people look like. So we have the decision making criteria. Let's identify for you know a department X uh what their biggest pain points are and what we're trying to achieve, and then let's show the success from it. Yep. Because again, the because if, in my head, if you were to start the people and the pain points from the organization side, I think it's going to get very complicated quickly without, especially if it's your first time is the first time people in the organization are dealing with it because you're going to have all these different, we'll say, uh, mindsets from all the different departments on the terminology, what they perceive as important. Uh, You know, like what's, what's important to them that I think would be really difficult to get that right off the bat compared to actually showing the value like hey we did this for sales they are now doing self-service mm-hmm. we've you know we've optimized these reports and now yep. we have this dictionary that they know yep this is what we want to do and and then we and you also have uh, your own like you know customer story so to speak um but that's where I would kind of er on in terms of the proof of concept just because we are dealing with people we are dealing with other people's pain points. Where we can't just build a report and solve it for them with this. Other people, like we are relying on people that are not in BI to provide their input, mm-hmm. and they have to uh, put their effort in for anything to go forward. I think
2: I, I like the approach, Mike, because I think all of us are to some degree uh hammers, right? Like there, here's a bullet oh, point. Yeah, you know, it's a nail. Yeah. Like how do we, how well, do we solve it? I'm, I think I I'm think totally a lot at that was, spot. I think a lot of the strategy challenges to me don't have the the very easy answer of like oh no. go invest time here. I think to me a lot of these are the discovery phase. Like where yes. where are, where are you at and what type of organization are you in because depending on where your the the focus of the organization is, you could you could just be like okay it's a hard fail. Like it is not worth spending a bunch of time in trying to implement this right now or Maybe it's a conversation about a future initiative or something, you know, down the road, as opposed to trying to implement something that your business is not aligned with, right? You're not aligned with with where the business needs are when trying to roll something like this out. And I think when we talk about POCs or MVPs, you know, one thing that I don't think we see enough is like there's failures in those. Like sometimes like, yeah, there it's not a good fit. We just don't, like now is not the time because maybe our maturity level is a one and, and we right. don't want to deal with the struggles of trying to implement a wider solution on top of like nobody knowing anything about like core things about our, our data and we wanna make sure that we, we build the maturity level first so that our rollout is gonna be easier. I, I, I think to me, this is a guiding like it's it's a big shift of like do we engage in this on a very heavy level or do we just take pieces that are incrementally going to benefit the business and still get value but not try to do like a much broader scope of of
0: everything this is also interesting to me because I it's to me it hurt, i heard you saying something like pick a pick a proof of concept where you know you will win right there's no. there's that's not what i said you just <laughs> Well, let me me rephrase some stuff then, because you said, um, you know, there are parts of your business where you're not mature enough to handle or there's not enough maturity to get into a specific area, right? So there's going to be, you know, if we, you know, if you take this topic or, you you know, if you work with this team, they're set in their ways, they're going to do the way they've done them. And their leadership is not really willing for change. They just want it done Um, a certain way.
2: That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. To me, that's a people challenge. Okay. I'm talking about strategic, high level, like will my business support this? I'm asking questions about like this in the organization mm-hmm. and people are like, hard no man, not right now. How about we make that a next year initiative? Or you're doing discovery on like listening to the podcast, you're doing discovery on all of the documentation that's been put together and you're realizing that like you're, you're sub maturity level 100, right? Like you have a lot of things that you can invest your time in that are gonna be much more valuable to the business or to your time or your your group or your area that are going to benefit bi power bi the rollout of of data etc that are incremental steps as a uh, for the roadmap or the adoption rather than saying i'm going to come in here and i'm going to build a framework about power bi adoption roadmap within you know our our company i'm going to build out all these strategies and your company is going to be like yeah that's that's a good slideshow no Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I do, we, I, I, I think do, it, but I feel I like think I'm... the thought, I think the thought dovetails a lot more in line with some of the things I've heard from you, which is I'm in a department. I'm just gonna start doing things that are beneficial to the company. And I would say this is where you would move into more of that focus where your time is best spent in creating value for the business or your area, et cetera. It may yeah. not be the whole shebang.
0: Yep, I agree. But I if agree. you
2: have the whole yes. shebang in mind, right. Then you know where these pieces fit into the mold, as opposed to yes. trying to get it implemented on the organizational level. Yes. So yep. either way, maybe what I'm saying is there's two different ways of approaching it. Yeah. One is mm-hmm. there's a ton of value understanding that there's this strategy you can adopt in in terms of like what does the big thing look like? Because every piece you you build would be specific to supporting one of those. Versus, you know, you're in a position where you do want to roll this out right? And whatever strategies you're coming up with are going to get rolled out to the organization.
0: I, I'm of the opinion in portion, in portion of the strategy piece. I think I think the strategy can work at what you described as company-wide, whole organizational level, and it can work at a smaller level as well in intra-department. And I'm one of those people where if I'm going to face, face a bunch of resistance in a particular area or particular department, that's probably not where we need to be rolling out Power BI 100%. You know, you, you, maybe you, it's
2: the last place. Maybe right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So right.
0: I was actually thinking about like, you know, it's, it's how do you how do you take? How do you eat this elephant? Right, it's kind of one bite at a time kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, well, you know, maybe we go after the easier parts of this. Not easier, but the ones that are like, there. There are parts of this that'll be very hard, and there'll be parts of the strategy that are going to be not as hard. There's going to be certain departments that are easier to jump in and work with. There's going to be other departments that are like finance. They love their Excel document. You're going to have a hard time pulling out Excel and giving them only Power BI. So I I know that that it's an area where. If you're gonna just say, we're only gonna do Power your strategy has to change kind of what's going on there. So all I'm trying to say is I think, you know, you have to kind of assess where you're at in the company and kind of figure out what angle can you take take at it and start adding value in, in those individual areas. And hopefully, and again, this is part of the, maybe the broader plan here is as you, as you add value, people naturally start getting curious about things that are happening or you're talking about, it, it happens, people just, people, this is it goes back to our well, I'm going to people yeah. now challenges, but people are lazy. So, so and they want that the path is, of least resistance.
2: But it's a good it's a good transition because even some of the things you address, like what about the area that doesn't want to adopt, right? Now like yep. dovetailing into let let's say, you know, you're developing the strategy in a roadmap and you have some of these yep. people challenges, like Mike, your one of your ideas that you just said was, you know, make them make them last at the table. Maybe you push them to the end. Yeah, right? they don't get they not, don't get access to the data. Being, right. right. What, or, what are other things that potentially you could do with uh challenging individuals that are you know
0: potentially blocking a a rollout over the roadmap and
1: well where i've seen
0: challenging individuals happen right sometimes there's people who are just totally resistant to things and usually what happens in those cases you kind of can wait them out i mean there's also this this There's also this error of like the, the sands of time kind of change things as well. People move into positions and people move out of positions and things roll through and things roll don't. So, I mean, sometimes you may try an initiative with a team and the, the leadership's not there or the people don't have the vision that you want or we're gonna stay on-prem, that's the way we're gonna be. But then, you know, I've seen this where you just, things kind of happen, people move on, people change positions change attrition Uh, attrition attrition, acquisition i don't know what it is but at at some point in time things kind of change and there's usually a different mindset and that may more align with the direction that you want to go so part of this too could be part of it just it's a waiting game at some point
1: well and i think it's really important to remember about this document and also kind of the roadmap in general is two things that that melissa says consistently one governance is not something that is ever going to be completely done I agree with that right so that's the number one piece. i read this oh, and you're yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. you're not going to solve yeah.
2: this like roll it right out and get right yeah like, and, oh, we're done even, stretch over even though people, she, people are a problem yeah. all the time
1: <laughs> even she, yeah even though she outlines i'm like oh data governance board and roles, responsibilities and you know level two talks to level three that's all great and you're like oh like when I read that, like, how the heck am I going to get, you know, like just introduce that. Yeah. But the other part that uh, is consistently through the document is and also to the people issue where you maybe you don't have the buy-in or someone just, you know, doesn't see the value is when you're going to, you know, say, where are we going to focus? You know, it's, she says like select an important pain point, hide priority need uh, or known risk. It should have significant benefit and can be cheesed with a feasible level of effort. Mm-hmm. Choose something users are likely to support because the change this, is low impact. That's,
0: that's what I was just talking yeah. about. It's like it's like yeah. you know we're gonna have to we have to figure out where can we remove pain from people in a in a metered way so that people actually adopt it. Like, like oh this is helpful. Like you don't want, you don't want to go solve problems that people don't need answers to. Whoa, right. zoom in, Tommy, yeah. zoom in. You have an earthquake
2: so- uh, earthquake in Chicago there?
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, goodness. I, I do wanna, tra- so we've been talking a lot about just kind of strategy. I do wanna, there's like four other topics here. I do wanna try to hit a couple of other, other ones. I'd like to talk, I mean, uh, the comments here from Chris and Kevin are talking about, isn't most of challenges coming from people? I would say a lot of your challenges are gonna come from the people challenges. I mean, there's probably other things here too, right? process and data quality. But I, th- I think a lot of what we talk about or have we talked about is a lot of these people challenges. What do you guys think about people challenges?
2: No, I mean, I, I think we addressed, you hit on the two points, right? Yeah. The, the, two different kinds, I should say, of yep. people challenges. One yep. is, you know, the the aligned priorities between teams. Are there big teams or, you know, the leaders of certain areas that, yep. or coworkers, right? If you, on, on a smaller level that are resistant to change, mm-hmm. that's a shocker, right? Yep. <laughs> um and and are they are they like trying to block what you know you, the adoption of of Power BI versus I think where my concern in a lot of these conversations have been is just making sure that you have the strategy in place because you have the information worker, right like mm-hmm. the people that you're trying to help, but you 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 have if you screw that up, like it, it's it's kind of hard to unwind or get them back right because Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you you want to ultimately shift how they do some things that all that will pay dividends if they buy into it but if you lose them they're going to just go back to their own ways and you're going to have harder pains i think in trying to um be successful in in overall adoption
1: yeah i would agree with that you definitely want to I would say, in a sense, err more on the side of caution than not, in terms of like if you were to say, we're going to roll out with every department, every team, we're going to have a first council meeting. And obviously, you can imagine how that would go, especially with conflict or, you know, people are like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. People are not going to come back to that. So, when you're going to roll out something, we'll say like corporate wide or from every, universally and every department's represented you better have a pretty good set agenda policy and leadership there too from what you how you drive the conversation yep because yeah because if there's a lack of why like what is this person here for their responsibilities the lack of that structure why would you like why would someone say oh yeah this this is going to work so having that at least from the people side, you know, being able to, you can write all the documentation on vision strategy, what we want to do. And you you've interviewed, you know, 1500 people and you have it's all in a nice word document or in your SharePoint uh, center of excellence or wherever you want to put it. But I think starting smaller and I, for me it'd be identifying people in the organization that are, you know, have, have some sway and also have bought into power bi you know that they are familiar with it getting their input and then starting small to be kind of because i think every company is going to be different too on how that structure is going to look to me that's outside of necessarily data governance i think just in general for just implementing a program at your company having that clear set of you know the hierarchy who's there why are we here what are we going to you know like what is this what is my role and what is my responsibility Mm -hmm. is huge from the, from the onset. That's one of the things that I think needs to be established from the onset.
0: There's a difference between saying you're going to learn this versus here's a better way. Let me help you get to this stage. I think Mm -hmm. there's, I think there's a tone there for me that really makes a difference for how I perceive a lot of the people challenges. And I, as I look at a lot of this people challenges pieces here, I really like the idea of like the center of excellence or the community of practice, right there. I think I've seen this in multiple organizations where there's just, there's a hunger for like doing things better. Some people kind of either stumble into it or start learning on it and they, they get to a point where, hey, this Power BI thing is free, I can go download it. Oh, this is interesting, I can get some stuff done here. Oh, Power mm-hmm. Query, wow, look at that. Oh, I'm doing the Power Query inside Excel. And so for me, like my personality, you have to identify people I think that are kind of like that learner teacher likes to help other people mentality because those are, can be your, your advocates, your voices to why this is a better way. And, I, and again, I think a lot of this boils down to like people with another, a person to person, right? It's, it's relationship based and it's helping other people kind of learn or, or get these techniques around. And again, some of my notes I put down here is like, I think these things are very essential to a company at least making the space for them. Having, mm-hmm. I think, Tommy, what you guys do when you do like a Friday or a, a Rockwell automation, they wow. do like a Friday open office hour. Like here's people who are doing this kind of stuff. Come and talk to them if you have questions. And I think when you start seeing, I think when you start seeing people kind of you when you have a culture where people are starting to adopt it and they're just starting to learn on their own, anyways, engaging them with that thirst, with with whatever they're trying to do, and just kind of coming alongside them and showing them a better way, I think goes a long way because it's it's a lot of this one-on-one peer kind of peer learning.
2: I I it, it dawns on me that in all these conversations, there's a an assumption I made that we've never spelled out, I don't think. And, and Mike, you, you just addressed that, right? When I talk about back end strategy and Mm -hmm. and making sure that you have all these pieces in place, it's because you or the group are like, have one first job. And that is to sell this idea Mm -hmm. to your internal users. Yep. And, and the way you do that is specifically in your business, you know the very real like the business problems that they're mm-hmm. solving in the different groups, et cetera. There has not been one time in my professional career in <laughs> consulting, and I don't know what your average is now, but when Mike and I would go into a client and do, a, like, do the bake-off with other yep. competitive tools or like whatever, Power BI never lost. Like there's the story yep. in there where your users are using Excel guaranteed yep. they're using excel. Yep. And many of them have a very laborious process, at least most of them. Agreed. that they're doing this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing and it takes 2 hours and then they get their report or they get their insights. Every single one of those you could use as a use case for automation of taking the information worker into the next level where they now have a tool that they can automate things, get insights faster and work on loads of data that are much, much larger than what their their, their challenges are now. Yep. So like ultimately the reason something like this succeeds is because you're solving a problem for them mm-hmm. and speeding up their work. And I'm telling like that Excel into Power BI story for reporting, for automating their jobs, for figuring things out. Like yep. if, you, if you like get in on that level, which you should be, yep. right? It's not a chore for the information worker to learn this stuff. Yeah. You get them engaged because you're gonna solve problems for them, exactly. Which is why we're so excited about Power BI all the time because it there's time saving in here. Oh, totally. There's you learning new skills that allow you to like work with bigger data sets. Like the fun and value of this whole thing is because there's real value to every level of the business when you do this, and it's your job to sell that story yep. before you start putting out like process and governance and all mm-hmm. these other things. And Agreed. That, that's any
0: level
1: of yeah. organization. So and, w- and when so- the
0: when the users when the user level like you're saying Seth, sorry, Tommy, when the user yeah, level yeah. is like, I'm just so excited about this point because I think this is this is the point that I've been kind of trying to make here is like when that user base is excited about something, that's when you can really instrument change for the organization. Like when you have people doing this stuff on their own and being hungry to find a better way to solve these problems. At that level, that's a captive audience. That's that's an opportunity yeah. where you can really leverage and pick out. Okay, let's let's use these people. Let's let's do a proof of concept. And so, at some point in time, this stuff became comes loud, starts making enough racket, a noise that people at the upper level say, "Whoa, what's going on here? This is I like these reports. I like the things that are being produced from this department. Let's work on that and roll it out larger. Let's figure where else." And I think as you as you move people along. To your point, we've never walked into a situation where we've where Power BI has lost a sale. It's pretty much been um, Power BI versus everyone else, and the 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 value that comes from a tool, this tool, is immense compared to everything else.
2: Well, and even even to the chat, I'll make one more point. Right, like there's variations of this, right? You know, somebody points out that you know Excel and you know connecting the AS model. Like, think about how many different types of solutions you can support using Power BI. Yep right excel and power bi you know paginated reports services paginated reports, Embedding power BI to reports up there websites work in excel connect yep. to my date like it's a data source instead mm-hmm. of whatever connect to any data source like just the val like okay pick pick something that
0: doesn't work in that ecosystem yep exactly tommy picking up raise your hand tommy <laughs> so <laughs> we've been talking over top of you, you the last
1: two times you, you know who doesn't i got one more point everything? real quick just kidding, I was kidding. absolutely not <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know who doesn't care oh. besides what, about everything you just you guys just talked about and praised the the glory of Power BI, Ooh, Tableau. Most users, oh. <laughs> who are just user- <laughs> so. Uh, disagree no, no that. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yes, they they definitely see the value, but at the end of the day, you have a random marketing manager who's like, "Hey, you're going to access an app. Power BI. It could be app. Tableau, or it could be app. Google Analytics." they have a specific purpose an objective in mind when they are going to fetch their data they want something that they're familiar with they want something that they know they can rely and trust on so it could be power bi or it could literally be i had a paper and pencil that i could get i just write really fast obviously we know the the value of the automation whole like the ability to, to um you know create something out of nothing with all these different uh challenges and create this one single solution. But for a user, if they are looking at two reports in Power BI that are so cool, but they are both uh we'll say ambiguous with their terminology because the business has not developed their terminology and what their hierarchies are and their corporate KPIs and you know this unified source of truth, it does not matter what the tool is. So there's a rely really Uh, i i
2: I don't i i I don't disagree with you and uh, and it depends on like what what is the like the end user right you're not going to sell or convince everybody that your tool is better or or whatever if you're if your organization is pushing power bi as the single strategy because there's a million reasons why you would want to do that as opposed to having five different you know ui tools or you know bi tools that support your need whatever like the the reasons are varied. If your company supports all all five, fine. Like build your processes around adoption, whatnot. You're not going to convince everybody. What what my point is is you have to come with why why somebody would want to care about like what you're peddling or what problem you're solving for them in in that pitch. Like there's got to be a reason why you would want to you know create these adoption strategies in your organization because it's it's meant to. Make the whole organization a better a better organization, and, and I don't, you know, yeah, data quality and, I don't, and, and, I, and the awareness of it.
1: I don't disagree with you at all. But at the end of the day, a user is going to relate or basically associate the quality of Power BI with the quality in their experience in the report. I'm
0: not disagreeing you, there at all.
1: So, so unfortunately, like, so obviously for the system, the internal, the people building, this is what we're building on. That's a conversation, that's a whole other, that's a conversation with, I think, a different audience with governance. But the general idea, I think, from organization point of view, for your sales teams, your marketing, or the general user, the consumer of Power BI I mean as long as they know that they have something reliable that gives them the data better than anything else if Microsoft stops support but I would yeah, but I would supporting- argue
0: I would argue all these tools to the, to your point all these tools are the same thing It's totally fine yeah. but I would say the speed to delivery of those tools is totally different I used business objects with a, with a team it had all the tables as a model of data that's what the users wanted and all the users were doing were going in and making large tables and dumping them out and then spending lots more time in Excel And again, I think the common denominator to a lot of what we're talking about here is gonna be Excel. And I think this is where I I lean a lot on this thing thinking to myself, like to Seth's point earlier, like there's a reason why this stuff is all like, um, why Power BI never lost a sale for us because Tableau didn't have Power Query. Tableau has another part of the tool that you have to go use for ETL and engineering. The time to delivery between like when I'm looking at data to what I can give you in a report is I think shorter than any other tool that's out there. It's it's a it's a very short design cycle to get through that process. And I think the level of effort yeah. that you're getting there because of the analysis services engine, Power BI is basically nothing without analysis services. That's that's the hook for me. That's I mean you can run Tableau on top of a, a report, but you're now hitting a SQL server in the back end, which is just always I've seen it always be slower. It's not as fast. So I think to your point, Tommy, it doesn't matter. People just want their insights. They're going to, they just want data. They want to make decisions on information. I think that's going to be a fair assessment across every single team. Where I think Power BI wins, though, is its tools and its familiarity to like that Excel user. It's so familiar to what Excel's already doing that the hurdle to get into that versus Tableau or Click or Looker or other things is much less because you've got to spend more time looking at these other tools. You've got to learn something that's net new versus. Hey, this is one step above Excel. Let's go there. Right. And I,
2: I think so. I'm a huge proponent of especially in higher level conversations where we're not talking about specific tools, right? Correct. If your mm-hmm. if your organization supports multiple BI tools in yeah. different ways in which you're looking at data, I'm not saying you have to convince everybody to change from Tableau or Looker or whatever to Power BI. Yep. Like if it, this the pitch is the same though. Correct. Like you're trying to solve people's problems yes. and that's what this tool does better than uh, any of the others, I think, right? Especially I, for yeah. Microsoft or Excel users. Yep. Like the other point to this though is if your organization is wanting to pick a a tool, right? Which many do, they want to mm-hmm. centralize around the tool that me, that best solves makes, the problem. It
0: makes financial sense to do so.
2: It is it is right because yeah. in take take this adoption strategy, like take the processes, take the governance, take the and now interject two, three, four tools. Yeah,
0: they like, get more friction hey, across all the tools. I understand
2: that on a high level, the tool's not the discussion but it does create a lot of complexity around user support Agreed. and who's using what yep. or how they're using it or how you rolled them up. Like it just complicates the strategy. So sure, you can choose many different tools, right? Do the, uh-huh. right. How, it just it just complicates, I think, that uh, overall talk. I agree like, with no, you. Know, it, yeah. and, and the hardest thing for me though, is when you're talking about Microsoft pro- product, Excel is used everywhere, mostly, right? In that story- I use Google if Sheets. A user, if a user is has a a manual process to build something power query alone sets power bi apart from all the other tools and yes we're talking tools because it solves their problem better than any of the other tools so like i get it high level you can have many different things Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk tool sets but when we're talking about capabilities and what you can show to users or give them advanced paths to solve their problems faster it's a better solution overall because you don't need three different tools to do the thing that this one does.
1: And nothing you said, I disagree with the one point I'm trying to add on top of this though, is at the end of the day for a, for a company where there's probably a lot of little tiny tools out there, there's your Google analytics or Google ads. People will um, no. Well, here's the thing though. Like people always go, unfortunately to the thing that's going to give them in a sense, the best experience is resistance.
0: Re- I would, I would, yeah, I would rephrase, exactly. yeah. It's going to be the path People, of least resistance. The, I agree with you. And,
1: and if my email marketing you know, service that I would say, oh, this is a terrible, you know, a user interface, but they know where to go. They can look their campaigns easy. Yep. They get their numbers and they know they're right because they look in a report and it's like, I'm not, it's harder to see, you know, what I'm trying to see. Obviously. They, right. Exactly. So, then this goes back to the people thing too, where if we're going to provide the the value or make the case to get people to say, yeah, we should centralize all our data in Power BI. Like, can we connect to that source into in Power BI and actually store? Then we can connect with other things. For people to buy in for that, I think there's there's a in a sense a prerequisite where there's there's trust in the BI team or in the governance, where I know the data is going to be accurate, accurate and reliable, and also it's going to provide me more value. Where because we have our terminologies and our definitions, there's not you know 18 t- 18 different Excel files that say w- when our our members are created, you know that I know I can always look at members a certain way and I can connect it with all my other sources. We can I can connect you know. Uh, email campaigns with our e-commerce. Are you kidding? That's amazing.
0: but But that's the point there. So when you go to these different individual tools, you go to Google Analytics. Google Analytics is a single tool about one single topic of data. Right. When things start falling apart. So I think you're fine to stick in these initial tools and stay there until you start having these broader questions. And I think at some point in time, the needs of the data grow to a point where you need to merge data between two different sources. And I think that's those are the places where you start saying i don't want data in these other source systems google analytics you know um you know um, mailchimp or whatever the other whatever the other sources of data there is reporting goes along with them and that's probably good for what they're doing for their data but there's always i think additional value that comes from centralizing more of that information into a centralized place and i think right when you start you know the the deeper value that we're going to continue to see around data is I don't need data from one source. I need it from many sources. And I think that's right. that's where the challenge becomes harder. And to your point, Tommy, like a good strategy around the data and the data quality makes a lot of sense because now you can enable the business to pull from these different sources. And we have to be able to pull from a source and trust the data that's getting there. We have to be able to say yeah. the data in this table is as good as going to the Google analytics portal page. And I think I think that's why we have like center of excellences description of data talking to people about how it's transformed and what it's doing, give people more processes around looking at, you know, here's the raw version of the data that we get. Here's a refined version. Here's a, here's an even more refined version where we blended the data. So they can see the progression of how that data is changing and they can have confidence and that, know that data's integrity is, is good.
1: Right. Because where the pain, yeah. Where the pain points happen is like, look, we connected your email and your web analytics and we can, you can look at sales by product type Bingo. and they go, Great. Is that product type in this report, or the product type that someone created that other hierarchy in that report? That's I, that's I, a that's a data but, quality. and that's part of it. Though. But that's a data exactly. culture quality thing. What I'm right? saying is, it doesn't matter if you can connect. This goes back what I'm saying, where if you're going to get people buy-in, it doesn't matter about the tool or your connectors or the solution from the back end. Obviously, to us, but to them, if they're like, well, you know, I don't know if those product types is is that the, our updated list. You know, where are those members, where's that sales region come from? That looks wrong. Like, there's without that conversation from the company level to say, let's right. actually define who owns, you know, the business, yeah. our, our business, you know, you move squarely yeah. into the
0: data quality portion of the challenge. That's another right. challenge. This is a whole other and challenge it's part, part who, with people. Yeah. Where do you get the data from? Who owns it? Who's responsible for making it's update make sure that's right and updated
1: because yeah. you will have conflicts here.
0: This is ultimately, this, ultimately yeah. Like, yeah
2: Tommy, you're, you're, you're 100%. I agree with you. If, if this, if, all of this solves zero problems and provides zero value to you.
0: You're then, not gonna use th- it.
2: Then don't use it. Yeah. Right. right. Like when I say sell people, I'm 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 saying show the value for the use cases that it makes a ton of sense for the, I think there's a distinction between that and people who are like, no, nah, man, I don't want to learn something new. Yeah. Right. Cause right. you're also going to run into that. And those mm-hmm. are the, tri- the people that all you're trying to do is outline for them, what is the value of your organization going through this? And the only reason you're going through this is because your organization sees that there's value in these efforts in putting you know, these things forward for people to um, ultimately, if they want to stick on their sideline, that's fine. But if there's a centralized place, Tommy, that is defining all of these, yeah. these metrics and you're doing that on the back end, you're right. The business doesn't care how you're doing that.
0: Right. right.
2: We need another but whole topic on you're this. You're developing the strategy, you know, to to make sure that you're giving
0: them the inroads to that data.
1: Yeah. So I I peeked we'll ahead in, a little wrap up. Then I, or, I peeked ahead uh... in the
0: article. I think we're gonna need another topic on this one. This was good outlining this. <laughs> I mean, we got through probably about three of them or four of them. Strategy. We talked a lot about people. Talked a little bit about process challenges. Definitely talked some here at the end around data quality challenges. But in the next portion of the article, blah, 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 blah. let's try that again. In the next portion of the article. There's governance planning. And that part I think is very interesting because now it starts talking about what I wanted was like, here are some key activities you can do to help with strategy. Mm-hmm. Here are some key activities you can do around working with people. And I think to me, this is like, if you just listed the challenges, I would be so really disappointed. You have to go to the next right. portion of the article, the article around governance planning, because that's where a lot of these like tactical things are. How do I know what I don't know? How do I know what will work and what will not work? This is the section that's gonna give you more of like these inclinations around, try this. This might work for you.
1: So if, if I grab, a, just a quick wrap up for you two, um, what would you kind of recommend the a little recipe for just getting a program running? Like the things, the, the based on what we talked about today, like those essentials.
2: I think, but I think that that's a great answer question for to the minute. next after the to next another podcast. topic oh, yeah, no yeah. but it, like to mike's yeah. point like that's where we it's get true. into like st- you know the strategy and key outputs of a lot of the activities
0: I, so i'd highly recommend i send the link in the article in earlier in the chat i'll try and put it also in the description as well read the governance challenges and things that you will face these are things that are real <laughs> and then don't be dismayed right behind that there is a governance planning section that gives you some kind of key ideas so yeah, I think this will be probably governance part four at some point where we talk about the governance planning portion of taking the challenges we already talked about and starting to figure out, okay, what are some practical things I can do right now that'll help us get through some of these hurdles or at least things we can try to see if they work for our organization? Well, with that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it. We've been this is a great topic. I was getting like angsty and heated inside around this. This is a a, a very relevant topic, I think. we have all really good experiences here. So if you were also getting, uh, if you were yelling at your phone or if you're yelling at your headphones on the podcast, our only ask is if you don't mind, please share this with somebody else, communicate with somebody else that you enjoyed the podcast, that you found a lot of value from it. Uh, It either challenged you or made you think about something or learn something. Please share that with someone else. Tommy, where can we find the podcast?
1: You can find the podcast anywhere they are available. If you are watching live right now and you want to listen again, do it on your run while you're working, subscribe on Apple or Spotify, anywhere you uh, have a podcast app, we are there. Uh, and make sure to subscribe there and also to uh, leave a rating or review. If you are listening now to a recording, I want to join the conversation. Join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7:30 a.m. Central. Uh, just subscribe to Power BI Tips on YouTube and LinkedIn. We have a future episodes uh, scheduled, so you can basically say "Alert me," "Notify me," and uh, join the conversation.
0: And I'll I'll wrap it with Matthew Roach says, "Give them feedback on the documentation. Are they on, are they in line or not?" So thank you, Matthew, for joining the podcast. I appreciate your time on YouTube jumping in here. This has been an a, the documentation is absolutely incredible. Highly recommend you read it. Um, If you haven't seen these challenges, you will in the future. With that, thank you all very much. We'll see you on Thursday.